Good morning on this Saturday morning, uh, October the 8th, in the year 2011, as I am slowly arising after uh, completing another week of work on the deck, warehouse decks. I'm somewhat graggly, having only gotten a couple hours sleep, and thought very much in the spirit, in the flesh. I know our battles keep me in prayer, as I'm battling a very strong, fleshy desires. Flesh trying to rise up again, and pray for the uh, Spirit of God to rise up inside of me. But as I was just laying here pondering the awesome Word of God and trying to get back into the rest that our Lord says that we are to be resting in. And it is a tough battle. It is like in the Hebrews the book of Hebrews that talks about it's a rest that's very hard to attain actually it's impossible to attain on our own and it is that in the work of Christ that we have to abide that and that rest is just that it's the work of Christ that was the main topic of both the uh, seminary Lessons, the end of the associates in the beginning of the the bachelors, of which I'm awaiting the results of the essay in the uh, exam. Pray for that also, please. But if we truly want to walk by the Spirit, and I'm saying we because I need as much help because I have not yet fully attained it. But we all have to be, if we are truly in Christ, this is where we constantly have to go to Second Corinthians chapter 13 and examine ourselves to assure that we're in the faith. But if we're truly in Christ Jesus and not just by namesake alone and not just by... Um, by our mouth, but also with... Our hearts, that's where the sincerity is. That's where the genuineness is. It's both, even Romans 10, 9. That's kind of an addendum. But when we're truly resting that one, it's there that we begin to hear the voice of the Lord. If you remember, almost every one of the uh, our brothers and sisters, both Old and New Testament, they were growing and hearing His voice in the spirit, first and foremost, and when we err, hopefully all of us, including myself, less and less, as we grow more in obedience, we, and as we grow to hear his voice, he'll chasten us that way, but if he doesn't 
well, why we're in that growing phase, that's where he'll use another brother or another sister to come forth. And if we don't receive that brother and sister, because of a little bit of pride still in us, so stuck in us, or because we may not like that person's calling, or we may not like to, oh man, that person's, you know, poor. And I got money. I mean, he's not listening. Well, that person's black, or that person's white, or that person's, um, goes to a different denomination. I mean, you're, surely God will not send that. God doesn't look at that stuff. Your God will send who he chooses to send. And to try and figure out his criteria. <laughs> I mean, that's sin in itself. That's a, it's no measures. But, again, that's the correction. That's the growing in his voice. And, again, I am not dated yet. The closer and closer. I mean, this last year or two, perhaps even four years, even since I've been separated from um, the last full-time job, steady job, I should say. Uh, or perhaps I should say. As I was going across with the Lord, I see how wretched I am. I see how bad I was and how bad a shape I was. And it gets me more and more to praise God. I mean, the closer I get to His light, I mean, the more ugliness that I see of myself. And I says, how did I even make it to 48 years old? Ceases to amaze me, except by his strength. If we're not seeing that, then we're not growing in the Lord. We're not growing close to the Lord. If we're not seeing our true natures for which Jesus saved us out of, we're abiding him. I mean, to be abiding in Him, we're going to be abiding right in that light, brothers and sisters. And we're going to see our true selves. And that's what most people stop. They stop and they go and say, oh no, I don't want to see that. I'm ugly. I mean, that's the Lord speaking to us. Okay, get him out of the rest. Even on something, let's ponder this. I mean, again, it's still not completed. It's speaking to me yet. But, we first come into Christ. I mean, if we're married or not, when we come to Christ, that one scripture, which we so ignorantly use in wedding ceremonies, which is absolute, well, now I can understand is absolutely stupid and foolish on our part. Uh, again, the actions. And uh, where Genesis 2.24 says a man shall leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. We so annually use that in so many wedding ceremonies and not God ordained wedding ceremonies. I have to add now at this point because we look over God gives us the answer to that word over in Ephesians I believe it's chapter five or six I recall uh please check it out with me as I will where 
he repeats that same command only he adds he says he he adds to it saying and this this is the mystery that's Christ to the church that bride that or that wife that Christ had clung to when he left the father when he left the throne to come down to us was us brothers and sisters now our new selves in him remember we are now the bride of Christ and one day, us that are truly seeking Him, diligently, truly desired His return, but while we are waiting for His return, when the Father brings the reward, that reward is Himself, is Jesus in complete fullness, we will see Him. Praise God, hallelujah. We will see him face to face finally. We will see our bridegroom. We will see our warrior. We will see our savior, our redeemer, our brother. We will see the Lamb of God. We will see the morning star. Oh, the Prince of Peace. All of his names. We will see our friend. Our first brother. In the faith. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I have a father. Oh, how, okay. Got happy there for a second there? Begin to wake up now. Praise God. Uh, that first wife ourselves, if we are to follow in his steps, even if we're, even if we're married, sorry about that, Dr. Recorder. Uh, even if we're married, we no longer cling to the earthly. Wife, if we're, and if we're single, that's when we no longer cling to our earthly family. Now, yes, correct, we still have to honor our parents if they're living. You ask for the fifth commandment, but it's no longer our strength, which we couldn't do anyways. So God proved the Ten Commandments, and that that's what we'll still be judged at. But now, it's Jesus that obeyed it. So, our first one, because of new creations, we now have a different, because the wife first has to be a, has to be a bride, and we are that bride in the making. And not in the flesh at all. The wedding garments, the, the white we have getting now, that's our washing in the blood of Christ. We have to cling to our wife to be, our bride. And it's not ours, it's him. We have to cling to our bridegroom now. And if that means that we were lifting up our earthly wives, or wives wannabe, for us singles that can't shake this desire, it's killing me. Ah, that may be God's intent. I mean, this desire is stronger than ever, and that's just like, but it, it may be the enemy trying to keep that alive. I don't know why he's bothering me because I'm already dead in Christ. It's useless. You know what I mean, what more could you do to a dead person? Oh, uh, that was something else I just studied. I'm still pondering. I mean, just think that the defeated enemy has no weapons, no possessions, no authority any longer, no power. All that was stripped when Jesus died, was buried, went into the depth of the earth. And he took back the key to death and to hell. And he stripped Satan of it. When the strong man entered 
the other one's house and he's and he bound up a strong man and he bound up the leader in the house I mean Jesus came down to the enemy's home right now a bone right now and he stripped him of his power and now we can walk in his authority oh hallelujah that's another revelation that just got reminded of me. another one of our place in him I mean what he's trying to do he's trying to already destroy a dead person Brothers and sisters, we need to be walking as dead men, so to speak, in the flesh. And alive in the spirit. If anybody's figured that out yet, how to do that, please let me know. Because I don't know if anybody does. I mean, it sure ain't me. I mean, I'm the chief. I, I think I'm the chief as a sinner now. It took 2,000 or so years to reveal the chief as sinner, I believe. I don't know. You know, when Paul says he, he thought he was the chief as a sinner. Took 2,000 years, I think it's me. I mean, I can't get nothing right in my life. I mean, I can't stay even in the spirit. I mean, I can't, apparently I chase away brothers and sisters because I want to grow in the truth. I don't know. I mean, I'm fulfilling a lot of those scriptures where as Jesus was hated by the religious, by the uh, his own brothers and sisters. I'm hated and we're ought to be hated by certain one of our those still in the temple those are still looking for man's approval I mean I don't think I have friends around except Jesus I only think there's a I mean I want to strive to like God obey the book of Acts to me where no one has a need I mean there is no poor that's rich or rich because we are all to be equal in Christ we need to get back to that we need to embrace that you know we're blessed for a reason I mean I'm being blessed to grow in his word not for myself to share this word I mean we need to get our brothers and sisters that are still bound up in religious and sitting under Pharisees to think that our faith is secret. I mean, I have met <coughs> what appear to be two brothers and sisters in the Lord. I mean, they'll sit out in a chair and they'll read a Bible, but then they'll go and tell dirty jokes, they'll go and talk just... They feel they have to be approved by man that's being light. That ain't being the light. That's being the devil's worker still. Just trying to cover up. I mean, there is no secret to this faith. God has never done, never spoke, and never said anything a secret. He may tell us what those verses that tell us when he speaks in a secret place. That's our intimate relationship. Where he shows us himself, reveals himself, speaks about himself, says this is who you are. Go and tell other people. We are never supposed to just stay in that secret place. Sometimes I want to. It's safer there. But right now that is not our purpose. And to so confuse, to stick to that one verse that says we are lights in, in the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, that's just our flesh keeping up that one. We need to also remember 
what those in the flesh would consider a conflicting statement. Remember, there is no conflict in God's word. Over in John chapter 1, when John says, come to proclaim the light, I am not that light. Jesus is the light. The Lord is the God is the light in us. And then we jump back over to uh, one of the churches in Revelation. One of the churches in Revelation. It says, if they didn't repent, he's talking to some of us. Then he will come and remove that lampstand. You move the lampstand, you're removing the lamp. And that's going to get awful dark real fast. We've seen churches. And I've seen ministers. Where he is removed. I don't know if that's a permanent removal or not. Or he's. It may just be temporary. Removed a lampstand. And we've seen churches completely go. We've seen pastors go under. There was one in Charlotte. I believe it was. The smaller Salem Baptist, I believe. When that pastor, everybody was talking about it. I thought it was wonderful out there. And I believe he's, him and his wife are both in prison now. And fined heavily. Because they were stealing from the church out there. And they were doing corrupt stuff. I don't remember all the charges. God can redeem that. God can save that. And it may be he's working now. He may be he's repented. I'm not sure. I mean, you got a, you got minister, you got a minister in Atlanta. The same thing is a humongous mega church, humongous following. He's leading about to hell. I mean, that's the self. I mean, that's not dying. That's not being acknowledging that we are dead inside. When we are saying we are dying daily, that's just acknowledging daily that we're already dead. When Christ was crucified, we were in Him. He took us away. He looked, He looked into the future and seat us. And it's our future, basically. I mean, because it's His presence. He saw every one of us. He knew we would call upon His name with our mouth and our heart. We knew we'd come to believe in Him. And He placed us in the body. I think it was Psalm 92. I mean, He plants us in, in the body and we are to flourish. I mean, that's it. Our, our new life becomes, and it does be, it does not become religious institution. That's supposed to be just, you know, cause you can't have billions of people in one room or one Starbucks in one house. It's different cities, different towns, different areas. God doesn't tell us to build a humongous building, elaborate building, because he says it plainly in Hebrews. He says, I can't dwell in... Uh, Earthly temples, it's not, they're not big enough to contain him. Our individuals, these living vessels that he built, he built these bodies that wasn't our mothers and fathers, and mothers and fathers before that. Notice I said mothers and fathers instead of the husband and wives before that, the way God intended it to be. It's supposed to be husbands and wife first, and that through his power, they become mothers and fathers. We have allowed that. And there are churches that are calling themselves churches of the living God. That are allowing those sheep in there to twist that under the enemy's influence. Very strong influence. 
that are allowing those flag in there to continue in the becoming fathers and mothers before becoming husbands and wives under God's direction. Creating a household of single parents which was never or never will be God's intent. That scripture where he tells where he commanded our first mother and father on the earth and the first husband and wife, Adam and Eve, who sinned against God and who which we uh, now have inherited the our sinful natures, our natures that are set against God, which Jesus set set us free from, and will complete that set us free when either the rapture or it's our time to go home when we when these bodies get put off. <clears throat> Getting off track a little bit, but uh, I mean everything we need to be doing, we need to be cl- clinging now to the bride of Christ. We need. If we leave our earthly mother and fathers, they become second or third, whichever the case. God still retains his number one. He's still our first love. Still our first brother. That doesn't change. And now we have, we are clinging to a wife, an eternal wife that we are part of. He places us in that bride, soon to be a wife. How soon? I have no clue. And nobody else has any clue. But it's closer now. We can deny it. We can say it could be another tooth. I mean, I was told by a brother in Christ that's caught up in the lie of the devil thinking that, oh, it could be another 2,000 years. I mean, that's... He's the same when he uses the lie that, oh, you know, I work until I save so I can buy. That is not of God at all. That's not how God works. God knows the need and God will meet this particular need but he's going to meet it through a brother or sister or may may even be an unbeliever I don't know how I'm not trying to look for that person and I'm not trying to look for the need being fulfilled but my fleshly impatience is kicking in saying how long I mean I'm running with an unregistered vehicle because I had no place to register it and I'm not going to waste any more of God's money to rush to this one and then rush her again. I mean, I'm not to live with my parents forever. We are not to live with brothers and sisters of Christ that are going to bring us down and going to caught up in a spirit of confusion. I mean, we may stay a night if we're passing through, which is what Paul did. And our home doesn't have to be it could be a home on wheels. It could be a tent. Abraham never built a house on this earth. Do any of us actually realize that? Him and Sarah never dwelt in a wood home. They never set down roots. Jacob, none of them ever set down roots. Moses, King David. They weren't probably, yeah, he lived in the castle for a little while. But he's, he just spent a lot of time in it. Most of his life after he came to Jesus, was spent on a run from Saul. King Saul. If you look at it. 
uh, and then look at his example as a leader and see what we have not had in this country since, oh, I'll go back as far as George Washington. We have not had a leader in this country and any nation had this leader where that leader actually goes out in the war, in the fight, and fights in the first. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie. I just happened to see it. It's just such a thing is just happening. Movie called Glory. It's about the Civil War. It was just happened to be on a TV that had I had access to about the Civil War. And what was interesting? It was a Massachusetts regiment. I mean, that's probably another reason God was reminding me something that I know that I know, but I'm still praying, Gary. The true king, the true leader, is supposed to go out and fight. We don't see that no more. They stay behind in a little cushy office or building, and they uh, back orders from there. What do our corporate leaders do? They sit down in their big cushy corner offices. I mean, and then they back orders at the well. What they they literally consider the dogs. On the outside, in case they throw us a crumb down, you know, so we can continue going. I mean, none of that's a crush. That's that spirit of confusion that we're falling into. We figure, oh, okay, yeah, if we could take the, uh, you know, if we jump when they command, the throw is a bigger bone. The throw is a bigger uh, crumb. And that's what they're doing. They'll throw us. You know, they're saying, hey, if you, if you get behind me, you know, I'll give you a bigger crumb. That bigger crumb is a bigger paycheck. Does that mean the Lord to us? Heck no. When it's time for you, when they have, when those CEOs have enough money, they're going to shut down those business. They're going to file bankruptcy. Stop paying the bills that way. Causing almost every one of their workers. And they're going to say, hey, wait a minute. I thought I was supposed to be on your side. Get a life, you fool. We're, we're being called fools in the global world. Because we're abiding to the wrong right. We're abiding to the wrong wife. We're not clinging to our eternal body will cling to everything that's earthly body. That's why we like building earthly body churches instead of seeing that church or those churches or those body of believers that God wants to plant us in. We want to stay in a comfortable earthly church body. We want to come in there, jump up and down, Maybe we think we're gonna we're gonna speak in some kind of tongue, may not be the God's tongue. Ponder that one too. It may just be that we may be making a lot of noise, and then we're going outside. We may have a little lunch. We call it fellowship, and we're talking about anything and everything but Jesus. Period. Ponder that. I've seen every one of these wealthy person lunches. They talk very little about the service, about the message that we just heard about, and how it may affect in each of those lives. But instead, it's about how's your business doing, uh, 
you know, what project you're doing at the house, or you, or my daughter, or my son, you know, just got accepted to this prestigious college. Who gives a rat's butt? Sorry to be direct, but remember, God has called me to work in the inner city. You gotta be direct when you're dealing with them, especially with young people who I love dearly and been given a deeper love. They are direct, and I thank them for it actually, because that's actually a good thing. None of this beating around the bush, none of this trying to take, trying to sideline like a football player. Like a defensive tackle, very rarely do they come straight at that quarterback. They're trying to come around the backside. The chub- oh, that just came. That's the way the enemy works. Tries to blindside him. I mean, the enemy's constantly come up blindsided. I think I've lost my pads because I'm starting to feel the pain of all his hits. Because my eyes are on the wrong bride. The wrong. Wife, and that's not the saying, don't honor your husband or your wife, because that's another commandment from the Lord. But as an earthly husband or wife, you need to be clinging to that eternal bride. We need to say, okay, you just got a uh, $100,000 raise. We're going to use it just for ourselves, or as God showed us a need. That's what we're. That's one example of what we're supposed to be doing, brothers and sisters. They said, wait a minute, do I need to write this check? Do I really need this stupid project on this earthly temple, on this earthly temple, this earthly abode? Or is there a need somewhere in the body of Christ? And it may be across the country. It may be somewhere else in the world. God has to reveal that. Or it may be in our own backyards. When God enabled my paycheck to run to its highest in the history, never have I attained it. And uh, this is on the blood right now, so I'm not going to go deep into it, but it's his testimony that he has shown me not to do again. And I'm learning for it, and I want to learn from it. But using my ignorance. My example, the testimony given to me by God. When that salary begin to increase, what do I do? I go out and buy something I cannot afford. Go out and buy something for me instead of taking that little portion of flock and taking them and getting them out of their comfort zone. My comfort zone, one of my comfort zones that I left was a very close-knit family. Love dearly, and I all, and still pray that they all come to the, uh, the name of Jesus first in salvation, but that they also grow in the Lord and not grow in the religion, not grow in their work, uh, in their jobs, in their, Family marriages. Do we understand that our families can hold us back? Our families can actually cause us to sin against God by keeping us from that calling. 
that blew, I mean, I lost the respect of a lot of family members, earthly family members, when I moved down south. And the scary part is to go that much closer to them, and now God, God will send us back, almost every time in the scripture, back to our early families. Not to cling to, but to go back and says, this is the way we are supposed to walk in. This is who we're supposed to be following. This is the way we're supposed to be acting. Uh, yes, you thank the family for raising you. You thank him. You, you, you bring them to Jesus, and then he brings them along on that same journey. Different calling, but same journey. Brothers and sisters, we are on the same journey. We are on the same path, supposed to be. God did not send any of us down as a road crew to wind the narrow path. We are not making lines, people going both ways. That's not what it says, come in, come in and come out of me. I mean, where were you going to sweet pasture? I think somebody knows the scripture there. Well, we will come in and eat for a while, set for a while on green pastures, and then go out of. I mean, that doesn't mean there's a yellow line down the center of that narrow path where we go into Jesus, come out of Jesus. Go in. No, that's not what it means. That has no idea what it means. We're going into that sacred place where we're resting with Him. We're abiding with Him. We're getting more strength. And when we come out, we're not coming back into the world, so to speak. We're going back to... Whatever job that he has for us, or whatever ministry position he has for us, we're going back stronger, filled with the Holy Spirit. Supposedly, if we're actually resting in that sacred place with the word that he tells us, say, okay, now I want you to go back and tell this person, I want you to go here. That person needs it. That person that I just put right in front of you, these are the words. He's gonna, he can reveal to us, and he wants to reveal to us, when we're standing in a checkout line, if we ask somebody how the day is going, I says, are we, have we forgotten how stupid we are sometimes? When we remember us, when somebody used to ask us, 99% of the time, but even if we were having a bad day, we would say, oh, I'm fine. I mean, more likely to saying the same thing. The woman of the well did not tell Jesus she had, what was it, five husbands, I believe, and the one she was with then at the time was not her husband. Which it sounds like she was living together with him. She gave up on marriage. Oh, I got examples of that one in front of me now. And I confronted it. That came to me also. And that just reminds us just remember who you, uh, who you had to be in Jesus. We're friends. I mean, I didn't bring it up again. Yeah, I've seen her again this year. I think she's still living in the same situation, but that's, she heard. God wants to reveal to us if there's something else there. I mean, we could be, I can't an example because I don't think it's fully happened to me. If we're truly listening to somebody while we're still waiting in checkout line and they say fine, God may say it ain't fine. Tell them this thing is going on in their life. Trust me, you're going to get people's attention. They're going to say wow. It says God just wants you to say seek him. Trust him about the matter, or whatever a message is. This is an example. We're not doing that anymore because we're not hearing his voice. We've become like Eli in this nation. 
the priest Eli where his eyes were growing dim and his hearing was growing dim. His spiritual ears were going dim. Elisha never experienced that. Well, he didn't die physically. Moses died. Every one of his senses were still clear. King David, once he repented, once one hearing God's rebuke, instead he heard God through Nathan, then he repented. We need to be hearing the leader of the bride, the leader of us. Remember, Jesus is Lord first, then Savior. We need to get back, and I'm saying we, because I need to, I need him too. I need to get back to that too. We need to hear his voice again, clearly. If we go into Walmart, if we go into a restaurant, any restaurant, okay, it's wealthy. We may hear something. They say fine. The waiter or waitress may say, "Oh, we're fine out there." The Lord may be trying to tell us, saying, "They ain't fine." Tell them that situation in there. I want to be with them. If they let me, or whatever, whatever he wants to tell them, that's when we're gonna go magnificently in his name. That's when we're gonna go. This message kind of. So again, we need to start clinging. You know, when God gave that commandment to uh, Adam, thinking and letting Adam think for a little bit, and letting us think that. We are to leave our earthly mother, father, cling to our earthly wife. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is mankind he's talking about. That's not just us, you know, well, you husbands. Can't call me husband and husband. Um, that's to all of us. When we come to the knowledge of Jesus, when we come to that one, we have to live. That's it. We leave our earthly mother, fathers. We cling to the bride of Christ, first and foremost. And then if we're blessed to be married... If God wants us to be married, was it to be married? He confirms the wife. Actually, you know, do we know the wife? We don't. We don't get to choose who our wife is. Our only choose is once the Lord reveals it, reveals it to us in prayer. And same thing for you, ladies. Then we can either, yeah, yeah, there is a choice. Okay, we always have the choice to obey or disobey. When God prays and somebody's put on our heart, if God sticks with it, God's going to make it clear through His Word. He may have a confirmation by her. I mean, the three patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jesus. Well, Abraham didn't say how he met Sarah. Um, they were just doing whatever the work their father assigned to them. As shepherds, they usually continued in, the de- in their father's business, I believe it was back then. Uh... Our father has the business. It's going to get his lost. Going to get his lost sheep. We are not partakers in that. When we start clinging to that, we may actually be, for us that are still single, we may actually see that wife or that husband for your ladies. But we're going to start clinging to our eternal bride first, our eternal bride-to-be, which we are part of. So that's part of that. Are we actually clinging to our earth? And it may not be that church that you're at. God may be saying, okay, that's where I caused you to be born again. That's where you, I started the growth in it. Now I need you to go here and take all that I told you there at that place during your, during your lifetime right now and go here. These people need to hear the truth. 
these people have strayed. Every place I've been placed, God has said, they need to hear the truth now. They've been hearing a lie. You are the choice of vessel. It's my choice. I'm not bold enough to go up and I've never had the knowledge and I'm asking God for the knowledge that, to be able to just walk right up and start a conversation. I can enter a conversation as allowed like if it's something that I had you know, I've been through you know, if I'm standing around somebody obviously they're a friend or some kind or some kind of a business arrangement or whatever that's the way God opens the door and then when the topic when he brings up the topic of himself he may be that may be our door right there, and we're missing those doors. We're not seeing those doors because we're clinging to the wrong marriage. We think we can spend thirty, forty years of our work life down here saving money, and then okay, now now we can serve God. Now, who knows what tomorrow's going to be? Are you going to live tomorrow? Is is tomorrow your day to go home? What are you doing today? You're going to spend all that time on that home. You're going to spend all that time on that car. You're going to spend all that time at that job. What about tomorrow? Are you going to be here? Am I going to be here? Grasp the day. If you're not lifting him up today, he says, I said, well, I can't. I can't get fired. So? Don't you think God can redeem that? We need to get back to that. We need to get back. We get a body of Christ. That we've been placed in by God Himself, that she's almost straight-lined. God doesn't have to keep us from, and everybody that has in the church called on the name of Christ, they'll be kept through it, but they're not going to be kept out of great tribulation. That's not in Scripture. There is no promise of that one. He'll take us through it. But he'll make sure, and he'll make sure we don't take the market, whoever's gonna go through it, won't take the market of bees. But, do we understand that the only way not to take that market of bees, then the other result is death? I mean, physical death? Yeah, we won't have the dirt no more. But it's gonna be physical death. I'd rather go up in the clouds, and not even avoid that temptation, cause I don't trust my flesh right now. I don't trust myself at that one. I trust God, but I don't trust one. I don't want to go through it. He'll keep those that are eagerly waiting for His arrival, that are watching for Him in prayer, that are diligently serving Him righteously down here, and not just trying to make their own disciples or their own earthly church's disciples or mentors. I mean, if you want to use the word mentor, I mean, like God brought to me, I don't want to cause you, anybody to stumble. The term mentor, we need to be using the term discipleship. When God says, go and multiply the earth, He wasn't saying, go get married and then, you know, enjoy the sexual relations that He gave to a married life. If we're doing that outside life, that's fornication and He's already told us. Those that partake in such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. I mean, that's as clear as can be. That's like the sun that's shining down upon us now. Well, it is about area. Hopefully it's sun in your area too. I mean, we need to be clinging to that bride of Christ. We need to be clinging to every word of our bridegroom. 
We need to be listening. We need to be watching for Him. Now is the time that we need to be seeking. I need to get back myself. And many of us need to get back into the practice of... Now we need to get into the practice of fasting. But righteous fasting. It may be from something. It may be from a project. Not necessarily food. I don't know. Or it may be food. It's whatever it is we're laying aside for Him. So we need to cling to the eternal bride of Christ first and foremost. We need to get back to that. Our first love is our bridegroom. We need to get back at that eternal one first and bring along our earthly, for those of you that have an earthly bride or an earthly husband, bring them along to us as, hey, we need to go seek out our eternal bridegroom. Again, this is the second time the Lord is bringing to mind. Second time I'm sharing it with y'all. I don't understand it fully yet. I'm still grasping it. But what if we, for those of you that are blessed to have a husband and a wife, that they are first and foremost, not second. You will not be husband and wife when the rapture occurs or when your day of physical death comes and you're, boom, you're with the Lord. And we're seeing Willie, for those of you all that are that circle of fellowship of brothers and sisters, we know who Willie is. He's enjoying Jesus. He ain't looking down at us. He ain't guiding us. I mean, that's another myth too. There's not, you know, there are angels out there that God can send. It ain't, it's probably not going to be Willie. That's not who the angels are. I see him again. I'll scream. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we know we love our brother. We miss our brother. But we're going to see him again one day. Uh, and we're going to brace him. We're going to have an awesome reunion one day. And, well, at first we may grieve. I know we won't see those that we thought would be in there. There's going to be shaking. I don't know. Bible doesn't say, well, if, you know, if we don't see them, we'll be grieve a little bit. You know, I believe in a judgment seat, the beam of seat that we have to go through, just for works that we've done in the body with His Word, since becoming, you know, saved. I believe that something's going to be brought up. There may be our own your earthly families that they, they, they weren't saved and you did nothing to lead them to it. That may be brought up and we'll grieve a little bit but it'll wipe it away because we're still saved. All that was done in the blood. Jesus put it there. Our advocate to the Father. You know, and then there'll be no more tears. Which means you probably won't see somebody of our earthly family in heaven. But we won't. For the eternity, we won't see it. But are we absolutely positive? God, the God absolutely tell us that right now there is not a family. I guarantee you, there, each of us have somebody in our family that right now, if the rapture will occur, they wouldn't go up. Right now, if they died, they'd be in hell, not heaven. We all have them. But those are the hardest ones to reach. Because we are seniors. If we got friends of the family. Remember that we clung to for our family's namesake. 
if we're not passionately and desiring, constantly exhibiting the actions of Jesus, we need to be doing His work while we're doing the work He gave us to do. We're put on the work to do His work first. That's the work that will get us through it. So again, we need to be clinging to that bride, that groom. We need to be clinging to... Your husbands need to be clinging to your wives first as sisters. Your wives need to be clinging to your husbands first as brothers in Christ. If they are, hopefully nobody has got an unyoked marriage. God's not necessarily saying you. Matter of fact, God is saying don't you don't get divorced just because of that fact. If the unsaved one leaves, let them leave. But as long as they're both willing to stay for the sake of marriage, then that's fine. Matter of fact, that's great. That gives you more of a chance to let Jesus shine through you. Whether it be for your, your earthly wife. And pratefully, they'll come in. And I pray that now. Lord, I pray for those marriages that where there is a physical husband or a physical wife that is not yet saved. I pray for my brother or my and, my, and or my sister that... You will cause your light to shine so strongly through them that they that you will save their marriage upon you, and then they become a brother and sister in you, and then they too begin to grow in the Lord. I pray that you will make clear yourself through their lifestyle, through their person, through their temporary vessel. Unto the other person. I pray that you will continue to bind up those marriages. Because those marriages are even more tougher than the other marriages. Those are coming more under. Because one of them is still a child of the devil. And while one is a child of the king. The king. You Lord. I pray for protection. For my brothers and sisters that are in that situation. I pray, Father God, for all of us. I pray, Father God, for those that even are to be married and not yet married, Father God. I pray that they don't cling so strongly to the earthly spouse that they forget the eternal spouse that we are now placed in. Father God, I pray that we get back to that. I pray that we see, that we show the world, Father God, that there is... Not a need in the body of Christ that it is met by the body of Christ in the world. I pray for our brothers and sisters that are truly being, truly suffering for the cause, for your cause, Lord. I pray for strength, Father God. I pray that they realize and they understand that they are in an eternal body that is worldwide and that is thousands of years in the making, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you will strengthen them. I pray that you will continue to provide every one of their needs, Father God. I pray, Father God, that you will continue to pray, give them more and more of your grace, Father God. May grace abound in their lives and in your ministries individually to them, Father God. I pray, Father God, that for those that they are boldly presenting your gospel to Father God with your words Father God I pray that they will make it clear I pray for favor with the political leaders with the judges with the police in those countries that are told to go and destroy Christians or destroy anything that's not Islam or anything that's not Hindu or anything that's not Buddha or 
you know, it used to be anything that wasn't Catholic. Thank you, Lord, that you gave us the victory over that. That that doesn't necessarily, but I still pray for those that are holding too strongly to the Roman religion, which is Catholicism. Thank you, Lord, that you open that door. Thank you, Father God, that I'm a, our brothers and sisters that are in, that are temporarily placed in those particular circles so that you can shine yourself saying it's about Jesus not about Mary not about the Pope Father God I pray Father God for those that are there I pray for those that are still stuck in the false in the very strong false Southern Baptist Church Father God churches Father God I pray Father God that you will break that religious bond that you will break that pharisaical bond you broke it during your time here upon the earth Father God, I pray that it stay broken, Father God. I pray that they become the cling you, Father God. I pray that we realize that this faith, this real faith, is real and is to be lived out throughout the earth, Father God. I pray, Father God, that for the body of Christ, Father God, to go back and retain her position as your bride. To be as your future wife, Father God. I pray that we all get back to that one. We all cling as one, Father God. May we not be so foolish to cling to our own cultures, our own natures, Father God. May we truly see that as it is. It's already done. You said that it's finished. That's what you meant. It's finished. It is your work. It's done. When you sat back down at the right hand of the Father... At the place you were before creation. It was finished. And you seated us. May we enjoy our seated position. In the heavens. We're already there. So when we come into the throne room. We're already there. Believe the Lord is telling you. are telling us Lord. That we are already there. We are already seated in heavenly places in you. It's clear in Ephesians chapter 2. Let us enjoy that rest. Let us enjoy that seating with you, Father God. Then we're going to hear you. Then we're going to hear you and the Father talking, saying, Who shall we send? And if the Father's talking like that in our presence, He's talking to us because He knows it's us He wants to send. But He's not going to force us to go. Our Father doesn't force us. Did Father doesn't force us to believe in Him? He doesn't force us to obey Him. We should want to obey Him. We should desire to obey Him fully. Oh Lord, let's ponder that. There's a body of Christ for a reason. We are planted in the body of Christ for a reason. Whether we're in Charlotte, Kentucky, Massachusetts, California, uh, Tibet, India, we got a body of Christ for a reason. We're not to come out of those bodies until the Father tells us to come out of those bodies. But we are not to cling to those particular ones forever. We got to remember we're a body of a Christ. It doesn't have boundaries. Our only boundary is the nail pad. That's it. If we get stuck in close to edge of that nail pad, the nail pad has not been wind. The nail pad doesn't have a yellow line going down the middle. It doesn't, you know. Well, it may have something like white lines going down the middle. Those white lines mean there's danger on the outside of them. It's supposed to be. A lot of states are probably getting rid of them because they want, I think the really states, they want people to die. They want people because they're listening to the enemy. That may be a story. I have no idea where that came from, but it makes sense when you look at, when you're looking at the world from now, the outside looking down from the father's perspective. 
but we'll have to ponder that one more to see what the Lord. But anyways, it's the bride of Christ we need to get back to. We need to cling to her first, to us. We need to stop looking at, well, how can we be a bride? I'm a man. I'm a son in the flesh. And yeah, we'll still keep, these bodies will be glorified. God created male and female. But in Him, we're equal. Present in you. Every one of our past presidents, the ones that are still living, need to get back to the Lord. They need to get saved. Their eyes need to be open. They need to start standing up saying, wait a minute, uh-uh. These policies that are making are not according to Scripture. They need to get back to Scripture. We need to start looking at the ACLU and says, get behind us, Satan, you're an offense to us. If that means they're going to, I mean, what are God take from us? We own nothing. We have nothing. When we look at our check account and saying, Lord, this is your checking account. It's your money. What do we want to do with it? What are we to do with it? Who needs it? Who, who needs something? Who has something that we have? We have a ton of stuff in storage that belongs to somebody else. If it's in storage, we don't need it. We've already proven that. It's got to go. We all had junk. You know, that eight years or so, no, six, I forgot how many years. Uh, six or so years that I was in that townhome. I always said when I left the apartment, I'm, I'm not going to accumulate so much junk. We do it anyways because we're still living according to our human nature. In our English, we're still stupid in our actions. We're still going to add the bigger house we get, the more junk we get. It's stuff that we never needed. It's stuff that we wasted God's money on buying ourselves instead of saying, you know, we got somebody that needs uh, a home. We got somebody that needs a car. That would be brand new. We think if we only take care of our family, oh, my son, my early son and my daughter needs a new car. Let them buy one. Or help them buy one or whatever. Obama used junk. I want no, you know, you know, we can't have my family members driving anything but a Beamer, anything but a Mercedes. Where's that scripture? Why? What's wrong with a Hugo? Do they still make Hugos? Well, they don't make them, but you, I bet you can find them. We are so stupid in this world to actually think that a 1930s car is truly worth thirty, forty thousand increased in value. We are so stupid that a, um, 1965 uh, Corvette is worth more than when we bought it or when uh, our dads bought it or whatever. We are so stupid in thinking that. We are so stupid that um, believing the dealer's lies to say, oh, well, if you got these classic RVs, you know, they're going to be worth more money out there because of the minority. Yeah, there's a market because we're so stupid to pay for it. We are so dumb to actually think an RV is worth $200,000. You get an RV that was built in uh, 2001 for, that was listed at $26,000. Those similar models now, they're not the same, are being sold now for about $150,000. Ain't no supply and demand. Somebody tried to say that supply and demand. No, it ain't. The supply is overly abundant. That means you know, but the demand is down for it because nobody's got the money or the jobs to buy them. That means the prices should be coming down. 
the cost of those tomato things did not, the material did not rise that much. Yeah, I'm sure it rose. Matter of fact, you know it did, but it didn't raise that much. What rose is the CEO's salary, the president's salary, the, the executive salary, the people's salary is a little bit. I'd rather not buy an American item now because it's going, it's feeding American greed. It's feeding those twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollar, I mean twenty, forty, or fifty dollar an hour jobs. There ain't no man or woman on earth. I don't care how much experience you get that is worth that kind of money. But that means Jesus can make a trillion dollars a year. He's worth more than that. We know that. We need to stop doing it. We need to get back to living simply. Again, those prices should never, I mean, they should go up a little bit, obviously, because the cost of materials will go up. But the owners of those companies need to get back to say, do I, do, you're sitting down with her early, well, do we need, really need to make, do I really need to make a million or a multi-million dollars a year? And people below me making a hundred thousand dollars a year, what's that going to do to the cost? You're pressing yourself right out of the market. And everybody think that's, you know, slave labor in China. We are so stupid to believe that. That's us. That's our word saying that to make it, to trying to make us fellow Americans feel guilty for buying overseas. There may be, those children are blessed to work and willing to work any chance they get to help their families out. Now, yeah, some of the younger children don't need to be working. I guarantee you go to those countries, the majority of the time, yeah, they may be greed because the work is hard, but they're, they're going to be thankful to earn that little bit of money because they know what it is to work with the hands. God made these hands to do perform some kind of work and also perform to hug people, to embrace people, to say, we're a body of Christ that lo- that's supposed to love to hug, love to embrace one another, love to lay hands on one another. We need to be doing that one carefully too. As led, us ministers called by God and taught by God need to get back to that. We need to stop being so stupid that look at things, figures we could price things. Oh, God wants the price high. Somebody once told me Chick-fil-A is a Christian company. There is no evidence of that anywhere on their corporate webpage or in their business practices. There's no, you walk into any one of the stores, you rarely see a scripture. I was once told that it is required part of the franchise contract that, uh, or corporate policies that every store had to have scripture on the wall. There wasn't one in Charlotte. I'm not saying no, those people are not Christian there because I don't see the heart and neither do you. But if their actions out there, what's their conversation? Sit down in the back of the store and li- just listen to it. Just sit there and listen to some of the conversations. They ain't going to be about Jesus. I can tell you that one right now. <laughs> you may not want to hear some of the stuff that's being said. And that's everywhere. Again, I'm around it. And some of them claim to be Jesus. We should never be using that. You know, when we slip and we get angry or we get upset... I came close. I said, dang. And somebody thought I said a cuss word. I got checked. I said, okay, you need to watch your speech. When you get angry, you just close your mouth and just bite your tongue. If you bleed to death, get a band-aid. But that's a hard thing to do. We're going to get upset here. 
This is not our home. This is not our home. This is God's field. We had it, you know, the harvest is right, the harvest is right there at the door. When you stop pretending we're in revival out there, when we ain't close to revival, God is waiting to send one. He wants to send one. One last one before the rapture. But we're doing our own revival. We're trying to make our own revival. We want to make religion. We want to build up the earthly family. Build up the family God. You're going to watch how God builds up the earthly family. Preach Jesus and the cross and Him crucified. His work. You're going to see the earthly families. You're going to see kids come out of bondage. You're going to see young people come out of bondage. We need to get back there. We need to stop telling. When we're telling young people, we're, we're doing the devil's work. When we tell the young people, oh, oh yeah, God wants you to be successful. God wants you to get out there. I mean, if we just work hard, be successful, stay in school, out there, you know, all that stuff, just preach Jesus. Remind them who they are in Jesus. Remind them that they're no longer themselves. They're in Christ. They're seated in heavenly places. Enjoy that place. When you're going in that school place, when you see that junk that's going on around you, pray for each you. Pray silently, each and every one of them. You don't have to do a Pentecostal prayer every time you go into a, every time you go into a church building or school building. You don't have to go to a um, you know speaking in tongues the moment you go in. Matter of fact, if you're speaking in tongues, the only one that's being edified is uh, is the Father in you. I mean, you're going there. We're going out in public out there. If we're deep in prayer, yeah, Spirit of will take over. More likely, hopefully. But what we're teaching the kids nowadays, they ain't doing it. That's why they're still, you know, performing killings. They figure, well, we gotta kill somebody to get them out of our way. They get the job we wanna get. Matter of fact, I see so many families. I see so many dads out there. I see so many moms out there, you know, that are killing another person because they're in their way. Maybe there, you know, could be there. That's telling back could be even God to say, I don't want you going down that path. I want you going over there. I don't want you going in that city. I'm not going to open up any job door. And maybe if God closed a job door in the city, and maybe that door is closed for a reason. We need to be looking at which city we have to be at, or which town, which community we have to be at when we walk in there. I forced open the door in Myrtle Beach. When I set my eyes to Charlotte, the doors opened. I went to, I moved to Charlotte with just a two day a week job. I had to think if that was a two or three. A two day a week job. Signed the lease for a year with a two day a week job. Had no idea how I was going to pay. And I was not yet born again. But I was on the right path. Because I was raised under the name of Jesus still. Under the Catholic Church. Still preach Jesus. Still know he was the head. But I beginning, I was beginning to hear his voice. But I was like Samuel first. Where it took five attempts to get a Samuel. I think it took like three. To get me. They took some of y'all one. And made it, that still may be speaking to some of y'all. The bride of Christ is first. That's the eternal bride. And that will be the wife. That's the wife I need to be clinging to. That one that's not yet, but is coming. We are already been planted in, in it, in her. We need to start looking at the flesh, and we need to get back to looking at that one. We need to get back and making sure that when we make sure our brothers and sisters 
needs are met, our earthly family's needs will be met. Automatically. God promises us that. When we make sure, then we need to make sure that we are constantly exhibiting the love for one another. That the world begin to see it again. Instead of stopping, uh, it's just, God doesn't necessarily want you. Matter of fact, God won't necessarily save someone just because they go to our church. When we invite people to church, we should actually be saying, you know, if they're so dead set against the Christian church, more likely they're not going to enter a church. They don't enter church. Invite them to take them to lunch, take them to dinner. If they both like to play, if you both like to play pool, take them to the pool hall and sit down and sit, you know, and then the topics have already been brought up. That door has already been opened. They approved that door to be open. Walk in it. God will save anywhere. Salvation don't just happen at the altar of church. You can build an altar anywhere. People can call on the name of Jesus anywhere. Then you help them get plugged into a body of Christ. Body of Christ is when we come together every week to worship the Lord corporately. That's for us as believers. Unbelievers will have no clue what's going on or why they do it. Because they're not yet in the body. The lost is outside the church. That's where we go afterward. That's our place to be refreshed. When we come together globally. And it may be if, we're, if some of us are traveling. On the road. Full time our viewers. There's over a million citizens in that market. And the governments are being stupid. They're not embracing it. They want to look for revenue sources. That's it. Every state should be offering a way for full-time RVers. God has already provided it. It's there. Hey, stupid. Look over here. Sometimes God calls, and sometimes God does call us foolish. That's clear. We just don't want to read those scriptures. Okay, I got off topic. So again, embrace the body of Christ. Get back to what we are called to be. The body of Christ in Christ Jesus, saved, redeemed, sitting in heavenly places, awaiting for our Redeemer, awaiting for our salvation to come. Because remember, there's different stages of salvation. First one is believing in the Lord. The last one will be when He comes and we are like Him. That will be a bride. We will cling to Him. We will be like Him. We will be one completely with Him at that point. We will see that completeness now. Our faith will become completed. It will become real. Because we will see him. Love you.